you got to update people's beauty regularly and then you go into a lockdown. No, I'm not doing my feet. I'm actually kicking my toes. The entire <laughs> Let's care. not even talk about the feet, girl. Let's the not feet are seriously ridiculous. I'm out here looking like dinosaurs, okay? <laughs> but no change. Still be having the Birkenstocks on at the store, everything. Feet be looking. I, in my mind, I'm like, if a nigga walk before me, he better love me with these ugly ass toes or not. Like, I'm scared that. That's me all day, too. I not, sorry. The liberation. It's Shade at Black Girls Texting. I know y'all see my text. You better answer me back. I'm Chelsea Pinky, also known as the washing machine queen. I'm classically trained. Me, 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 me. This is Glenn at Bedside Brat. Wow, you did us. Goodbye. Welcome, welcome to Black Girls Texting. Tea is steadily spilled in our group chat, and each week we let you in on it. I'm Chels Pinky, also known as the Washing Machine Queen. I'm Glenn at Bedside Brat. And I'm Shade at Black Girls Texting. And today I'm so excited. We have two very talented nail tech, nail artists um, on with us right now. We have uh, Leanne, who I personally go to. Uh, haven't in a while. We've been in quarantine, obviously. <laughs> um, but I'm ready. Um, and we have Estacia. 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 Okay. And I literally checked that. Estacia. <laughs> Um, and Shade, if you want to do your little. Yes, yeah, so this is my my queen, my everything, my therapist. <laughs> my I can't even just say my nail tech because literally like one of my friends, when I first moved, before I even moved to the Bay, I DM'd her and I was like, hey, are you taking clients? I hadn't even moved. I didn't know where I was going to live, but I found you on Instagram and I DM'd you and you were like, yeah, like come through. And I was like, okay, well I'm moving in like two months. <laughs> <laughs> I know she looked at the message like, okay, girl. I really did though. <laughs> I was like, wow, appreciate the enthusiasm, but I'm kind of scared. <laughs> yes. And then yes. after that day, it was a wrap. She couldn't get rid of me, could not get rid of me. And amazing. Oh my gosh. Like I would, I see you religiously, not anymore, but just like, it's been everything from just exploring art, exploring myself, exploring everything. So this is my nail tech slash bestie slash therapist um, all, all in one. Gotcha. Um, so we have two different coasts. So we have yes. represented and West Coast. That's what's up. On red or reply. So we're going to jump into our game. So we play this game called red or reply. And basically, if you get a text message and you're not here for it, you leave it on red. And if you get a text message and you are here for it, you reply. First of all, do you guys leave people on red? All the time. The red receipts are there. So, yes. 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 I don't have to do it don't too much. You know how I get down. Don't even ask me that question. Not too much for me. I, thankfully, the people who contact me are people I actually want to hear from. Well, that's <laughs> to get there. <laughs> Um, so the first on red or reply um, is white toenail polish. <laughs> oh, I'm replying. That's a read for me, red. Okay, so at first what? I was red too. No, at first I was a red too. And then I went to get my feet done with a friend of mine who's also a nail tech. 
And she was like, just get the white. And I was like, should I get the white? It's like the whole color. Like, look like. Toes white. It's the whole color. Yes, toes white. You know she a triple OG her with it's on her. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I'm going to reply on that because I have moved into the hotel nail polish <laughs> my life. That's a great answer. Um, for me, I've just never been a white white nail person is just a personal preference and that's and I'll answer these personally because you know whatever you whatever makes you happy I'm down for even though I think Sade knows I kind of even with fingernails I steer them away from white for some reason Mm -hmm. um you we have to catch me on a good day to do some white nails (laughs) I agree with her on that my toes are currently white Listen, Shade, live it up, boo. And they'll be white again. Listen, and let them be because the way I cannot wait to go to get a pedicure because I'm not doing it myself. And also, I feel like moving into the stage of either like red or white toes yeah. is fine. Yep. That's my life. That's totally. Okay. Red is grown hoe. Red reply. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Red reply, very long acrylic. That's a red for me. I'm allergic to acrylics, so I don't want nothing to do with it. It makes me feel sick. <laughs> but but do you? I mean, I'm not I'm not anti-acrylic. I'm just like I said, these are personal preferences. So I don't I'm not a acrylic hater. I think people do beautiful sculpted acrylic nails, but for me that's just not my thing. Yeah. Um I'm gonna agree with her on that. Um, I too have nothing against acrylic. I have nothing against the grippers as they are called. Um, I have nothing against the grippers, but I do have um, something against my time uh, being and having to sculpt that long. So I'm going to leave that on red. Yeah. I'm just always confused how, let me not even go. How do you wash yourself with really long, long nails? The same way you wash it up normally, girl. What's really, really long? Oh, I'm thinking like Saweetie. I mean, it's just like that long. she takes them off. How do yeah, people you know, operate with one arm? You figure it out. If it's, it's true. Just, you use How do you one your right hand with your left hand? You figure it out. Like Totally. It's the same way, too. Like People who are, are consistently used to having long nails, if you take those nails off, they don't know how to do anything. Mm-mm. They can't type. They, they literally yeah. become useless. You, you mm-hmm. It's a muscle memory thing. So whatever it is, you know, explore it. For me, when I do longer nails, I like to grow them out because it gives them the stage by stage. They get to rewire their brain on how to use their mm-hmm. nails. And then, you know, they're also like more like, this is something I grew myself. Like, yeah. so they're more right. accountable to take care of them. So, you know, they get around, girl. There's a couple nail artists that out there, you know, Scooting and booting with them long nails. Yes. Okay. I just remember my aunts like growing up and like, this is back in the day, this is 90s. And it'd be like a pack of Newports and long red nails. And that was like everything to yes. me. Like that Newport, image was everything. Red and shiny. Usually. Yes. Not the, yeah, not, not a, yeah, shiny. Okay, Newports mm-hmm. in the little purse, right? The little click cord purse with the nails. Yes. Yes, with the yep. cigarette. And um, the what you call used to be inside of it because my auntie Pat had a burgundy one. So. Yeah, you have an auntie Pat. I have an auntie Pat. Burgundy <laughs> one. <laughs> she had a burgundy one. I just think like this is a, but she never had her nails painted. She just always they were always long, 
oh and that and beautifully like i used to be looking at her hands like wow this is amazing this mm -hmm. is like you just growing them out like this like they just not breaking but, <laughs> what was her secret and they were genetic like yeah. she wasn't using no drill on it like she just had healthy nails she probably was eating right too that's yeah. also during a time where they like i don't think black women were getting their nails done professionally as much just because i don't think that it was in the budget to do that like it was during a time where we were getting our nails done, but she was older than the younger generation at that point. So they're not really getting their nails done. And also I think women like that, because my mom is like this, they also don't want nobody touching them. <laughs> it's That's true. Facts. Like mom, facts. if you say my mom, like, let's go get um, a facial or a body massage. Mm, I don't want people touching me. Dead ass. That's how my mom is <laughs> like, touch my whole body, please. <laughs> Please. So, okay, UV light on hands every other week. Is that safe or is that on red or apply? Is that on red or apply? I mean, I guess for me, red, because I haven't seen substantial evidence that that's a dangerous thing. Um, you know, I've done research and I still think, you know, that's one of those things that's like, we'll know more once they have more research done. But I will say equipment matters. You know, if, if you're getting a super cheapy $50 LED lamp versus, you know, some a company that, you know, has a little bit more technology and they really do the research, um, that definitely makes me feel more confident. But I, I think red, because I don't think that's quite an issue. Um, I think for me, it's probably going to be red also because I'm not a scientist. So <laughs> I don't know what you're going to get in your hands from putting in a lamp every other week. Like, I can't advise you on that. Totally. Right. So if you feel like you want to come with the gloves so you could put it in the thing. Okay, do that. Just please don't let it get in the way of my process. That's really going to irritate me. <laughs> but if that makes you feel better, then you do what you have to do. I like, I can't tell you how much uvs going into your system or whether or not you're going to get melanoma because of it like i doubt but they don't have no research so i don't have it either same okay and last one i'm pretty sure i know your answer but picking off your gel nail polish girl i don't know why you asked this question For real. <laughs> everyone does it we already have the same type of energy so i'm like i don't know why you asked this wait question. chelsea did you say everyone does it yeah yeah. Oh, she don't do it. I would never no, she do that. Do it. She Who always comes for me when I peel it off. Telling your nail tech, you rip off your nails is like Who peels <laughs> I see it all the time. I always see people doing this on the train. Because it starts to lift, and I don't have time to go to the salon or something. Like if it's happening, I'm like, oh, I gotta get this off. It looks like shit. So, so I just, just peel it off. it off so that your nails can look worse. No, and then I file it down. Then I like buff it out. I believe, and so then you gonna come to us, and now your nail is super thin, and you crying because it's hot because <laughs> you peeled them off. I just want you to know the process. <laughs> so I'm gonna say red, but I'm gonna elaborate so we can all educate people um, mm -hmm. on that. When you rip off your nail polish, you're ripping off pieces of your nail plate on it. So continuously, at a layer or two. Yes, you're ruining the integrity of the nail. And to think of your nail like interlocking, you know, fibers or something. Right? Yeah. 
So you're ripping off the nail polish, you're taking off a layer or chunks of layers, and then you're filing it or buffing it, you're taking off more and more certain length, it'll just basically rip off, disintegrate, tear, whatever, because you're ruining the integrity. Um, yeah, go go get a $10 removal <laughs> for 15 Please. minutes or something. Please. <laughs> or even better, get your manicures regularly scheduled interviews and make it a part of your self-care service so that it's a thing you have on schedule every month, every two weeks, every three weeks. And budget. And it, yeah, and you'll really see, that's when the magic happens. When you have consistency and you do the things the proper way and allow the nail to do the its thing, mm -hmm. and you're going to have crazy long nails and things you didn't even think you could do. Yeah, I've been seeing this product. I don't know if you all heard of it. It's like Vinnie Mae Magic Gel Remover. Have you seen it? I mean, that's probably that little, you know, gooky stuff that just disintegrates and crackles off the nails that's been around for a while um, I've, I've used it before I wouldn't use it regularly um but yeah it works <laughs> in a pinch I guess yeah I just it feels too chemically for me you know I agree with you I've used it and I have one client who actually likes bringing her own bottle in um while it does work really fast, there is something like the chemical makeup of it does something to the nail that doesn't like really feel good, right? So when I started using it on her, she was fine. It was hers. Right. I used it on my best friend and, and I was like, I'm not buying this because it's kind of weird, but I also don't really know enough about it to say that I'm just going to cancel it. So I use it on my best friend. My best friend is like, no, it's making my nails feel tight. And the skin around the nail feels super, super tight. Yeah. Like, so she was like, can we take it off? And I had to take it off. But from then I was like, oh, I'm never using this. Totally. Because I don't, we don't it that tightens, it makes you feel like it's squeezing the nail and then exactly. it just like releases off. To me, that's not a physical reaction or feeling I want to have with nails. There's also another element as a nail tech too, I don't really know what this product is. So I don't know what the rem remnant of that chemical is gonna interact with other products that I put on top of the nail. Exactly. A big part of nail is to make sure the nail has no oils, no products, no substances. It's just product on top of nail. That's how it's built to be used um, effectively. So when you introduce other things, you just don't know what the chemical reaction. Is it gonna lift off the nail? Is it gonna break down You know, gel? because that's what it's doing. So yeah. that's another part. You don't even know what it's going to do to the nail bed, let alone like the things, the flakes that are even coming off, how that affects your skin. So while I used it, I could realize that it was, and I didn't have gloves on this time, it was starting to make my skin itch. Yep. And so like after the using it on my best friend, we ended up not using it and fast forward into COVID. But like now at this point, I'm probably never going to use that on her again because I just don't think it's healthy. Yeah, something sounds weird about sometimes that. Sometimes it's hard to say that to a client when they bring their own stuff in. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm also that nail tech that likes rules. So. <laughs> boundaries. So, serious boundaries. Chelsea knows. Like, I don't like that. It bothers me. Well, Wait, but, one more because you just made me think about it. Um, bringing your own, uh, like, nail supplies to the nail salon. I don't think anything is wrong with that, honestly. 
Like if you're going to the salon and and you if you feel comfortable with bringing your own tools and these are tools that you like to use, then okay, yeah, use them. Um, I don't know necessarily like that I would be so inclined to use somebody's want to use somebody's nippers, but I'm not above using it. Like if it's going to be like a fight, all right, girl, we'll use your stuff. But if it's dull and stuff like that, then it's going to be like, I'd rather use my stuff, but I can't, I can't say anything to that. I can't force you into anything. So here's my thing with that. I think prior to COVID that was like a normal thing. Certain people, you know, I heard people do that. I've never had anyone do that. (laughs) <laughs> but um, post-COVID, I wouldn't accept other people's in- in- instruments and stuff. I don't know. I properly have been trained to sanitize and disinfect. So I know that everything that I use has been properly sanitized. So that means the things that I'm touching are clean and the things that are touching you are clean. I just don't, I wouldn't accept an- anybody else's tools. I don't know how sanitized they would be. And, you know, for me, I think a lot of the responsibility is instilling trust with your clients that, hey, my number one focus for both of us is clean and sanitary everything. So trust that I have properly disinfected these tools, that these are the best tools that I know how to uh, utilize my service. I know how to operate these tools. These are the tip dippers that, you know, fit wet my hand, things like that. So I, for me, I personally wouldn't accept it. It would be a deal breaker for me. All right, y'all. It's time for the group chat. Honestly, I wanted to do this episode for a while now. Um, Glenn and I actually did a live show together where we talked about an um, incident that was circulating, at least in New York. I don't know if it made it to the West Coast, um, about a nail salon in East Flatbush where it ended up there was a disagreement about payment or about, you know, the service, if it was good enough. Um, and it basically had the girls hostage and beat the yes. grandmother in the back. So basically it ended in uh, people getting, you know, uh, attempts for acetone to be poured in their eyes, um, broomsticks being, you know, used as weapons. Oh, um, girl, that was an attempt. They poured acetone on them. Oh, they, I didn't know she poured acetone. But either she, way, it, it kind of, it, it, it started a dialogue, um, especially within like the black community, people of color community, um, about supporting these Asian nail salons and the treatment that is received. Um, So I wanted to have that discussion because I've had experiences myself in salons um, and really that catapulted me to be more thoughtful about where I'm going um, and who I'm choosing to support and how I'm choosing to spend my money. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that's what made me wanted to start this conversation. Why do you think there's such like a dis between these two communities of color, especially in a, you know, of service that you're paying for? <sighs> Who wants to begin? Have- <laughs> well, that's a heavy question. Can I just mention first, even maybe to like ease us into it? Because I was thinking about this recently because I went to an Asian-owned nail shop in my hood like a few days ago. And I was r- realizing like that how bountiful they are in our neighborhoods and how it's just a part of the culture in some ways. Like you just know that it's like a Korean nail spot and that there's like the Arab guys own the corner store and this like certain people just own certain industries. And for a while I used to love going to those nail shops because they felt like a part of the culture of my 
my neighborhood. I knew the women that I would see there and what it was going to feel like to go in there. I just kind of, I liked it. It felt like, like a thing. Um, it, I wasn't even able to think about it in terms of like, it, it, I don't know. Let me scale back. I, even now I'm like really intentional. I try to be intentional about, about supporting black business, but it's also like this like tradition, I guess, that I was feeling um, with these nail shops in my communities. So traditionally we've been going to them. And I think you're right, Chelsea, there has been maybe some like, I, I, there, I definitely could have found myself in more comfortable situations if I just would have taken the extra step, but you just continue to go. And I think that that incident that when that hit, a lot of people set, set, pulled back and they were like, wait, hold up. This is kind of wild. Why have we been giving our money to these shops this whole time? How could I, even how could I have a more elevated experience when I go and get my nails done? Um, and to think about like that tension between these communities, I think that's rooted in something outside of this industry and this service, right? right? Like they didn't, I, I, I don't want to speak for these people, but they just have, they, they realized that they could open up a business in a community that would patronize them doesn't mean that they want to like take care of us in this way they want to they want to have a exchange of money and of service um so yeah i don't know i always find it funny that when i go into some of these shops and the ladies are like what's up baby how you doing and they try to like be real nice but i also feel like they're sometimes like adopting a kind of a language or trying to talk to me in a way that they think that i'm going to understand uh, i don't know there's levels so you you want to go first or you want me to go first Go ahead. You ready? So, um, a lot of the reasons why we have um, Asian-owned nail salons is because of Melly Griffith's mother. Her mother was um, like a very influential part of helping uh, Cambodian women come to this country during their war um, as refugees and help them to get into the nail industry so that they could make money. That, of course as foreigners do, if I'm monopolized here, then I can help everyone at home. And as we know, Asians tend to keep their money within their own communities, whether it's loans or whatever, um, which I think is a very smart idea and how they make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So they've been able to monopolize the entire industry because they've just kind of had leverage to, and they've kept that system within themselves to then now you just normally think that an Asian person is supposed to do your nails. That's really the only reason why. Now the only people doing nails, period. Or even Asian people or Asian cultures are the only do, people who do nails. Who do nails, exactly. You are correct. Um, and that if somebody else is doing nails, the Asian person is going to tend to be better because in my mind, that's all I know. I think within, when it comes to having these type of salons within our communities, especially letting it, or especially if they're like lower income communities, that's your only option, mm -hmm. right? And so it's your only option, but it's also their only option also. Mm -hmm. The idea of the prejudice that comes around um, with like the customer service in the black and brown neighborhoods is basically because in their mind, they, we need them without them even thinking that they also need us, right? And so that internalized racism, that systemic racism that's just been built that black people or brown people are bad 
we can still move into their area, take their money, feed them, take their money, do all of this stuff. We can also abuse them too, because nobody likes them. The whole world doesn't like them. Right. So it's easier to be in a neighborhood. We've now monopolized the industry. We'll take your money, but don't expect us to treat you nice because we don't have to. Nobody likes you. And I think that is an environment that has just been perpetuating year after year, like, you know, decade after decade at this point. I mean, if we really think about it, nails was like a luxury. It didn't get to like where it got to like the seventies where in like a luxury in the sense that even when women were doing nails at home by themselves, that nail polish wasn't cheap. And if you didn't have enough for food, you damn sure don't have enough for nail polish. You know what I mean? And so then it becomes this bigger industry, bigger industry. They are monopolizing on it. They're bringing their families here. They're doing all of these things. And you think these people are supposed to do my nails. So the only good people are doing nails. Then the Japanese come in, they got their own flavor. These are the only people doing nails. Koreans come in, they got their own flavor. But then if you see a black or brown woman, and she could be brown from anywhere. She can be from Nepal. I didn't had a, a Nepalese lady slay my pedicure. To the point I was like, I don't even do pedicures this good. And I damn sure I'm not going to. You know what I mean? So I think in the mindset of that, that that mindset has created this dynamic within our hoods where it's like, oh no, the black girls don't do nails or the this Latino girls don't do nails. And then when you do go to them, you know, they do come to us. Now they have their and I, I say bad behavior because there's a, a certain etiquette that you can have in the round the way salon that you can't have with me because yeah. you're not doing it. And I, so, so in doing research for this episode, um, a lot of the comments that I saw from nail techs of color was about uh, the economics of it all. So um, one woman said, I think one of the reasons Asian nail salons thrive is because of the competitive and low prices. Um, and she was like, but you got to think about the materials that they're using as compared to what I'm using. So my mm -hmm. prices are a bit higher, but she saw a lot of complaints. Have you all seen complaints about uh, comparisons about your pricing versus the roundaway nail salons? I personally oh. haven't. Go ahead. But that that's actually was the exact point that I wanted to make about why this is happening. Furthermore, when you walk into a salon and you're receiving, you know, a $25 full set and you have expectations to have clean nails, that's going to create tension, right? Then on top of that, you in, introduce um, language barriers. These people cannot communicate effectively. Well, yeah, sure, sure, I could do that, I could do that. And they can't do that. And then at the end of, you know, your session, you have nails that you're not satisfied with of your payment. And so that's tension between the, the technician and the customer, right? And I think to meet your expectations with what you're willing to pay. So you can't go in and, and expect Cardi B nails for $40. Like those rhinestones cost money. Um, my, my whole business is based on a relationship. It's not just the nails. It's a partnership that we are working together to elevate your nail health. You know, good hair, good nails take time. These they things call. are not happening in 30, 40 minutes. They're happening in two hours mm -hmm. or more, depending on what you want. So I just want to, you know, 
I'm a biracial woman. I literally have a Vietnamese sister outside and look at what exactly causes these issues. Um, it's that people are going to service people that one cannot build that relationship, cannot communicate with, and cannot perform the type of nails that they want. So, and also another point about it is I see people go to the same place and hate their nails every time. Talk about how these people cut them and bleed, but you continue to go back there like clockwork every two weeks. Like to me, that's insanity. Like you're clearly not getting the service that you want. You're not getting the value for your money. You don't have a relationship or a partnership style and, and what they want um, out of nails and spend more money which probably they'll see them less than two weeks. Like my clients are three to four weeks. I don't see anybody two weeks because nails don't necessarily have to do that. And it's not saying I'm making less money and it's not saying you're, you're being charged more money. It's a spatial time thing where you have a partnership and you really, really get like a full comprehensive thing. I think yeah. if you had that, you would see value in that and then you would want to support mm -hmm. people, you know, that, that do that. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I also think that in that some people don't really value their self-care and their beauty, right? Like, I think sometimes women think that these things should cost little to nothing. And sometimes it is super frustrating when you do get a, a client like that who's used to going to the chop shop. And then you get them, they come to you, you break down everything for them, everything. And then do all slay them slick cuticles popping luscious better than their own skin on their face and then they're like oh well why is it so much money that is frustrating for me sometimes because it's like babe you sought me out you see that i don't do what they do at the chop shop that you you're used to going to you see what i just had to take off your nails that's crazy in comparison to what i just put on it you got to take the effort to love yourself and love the self-care and understand that it is a part of budgeting to say, hey, I'm going to take this time as opposed to being like, I'm going to just go around the way and know that they're going to mess my nails up and they're going to continue to mess it up all the time. And instead of me not going, I'm just going to complain about Asian nail techs. And then when I do talk about black nail techs, I'm going to complain that they charge too much because they have expectations about their business. I yeah. feel like it's a, it's a weird thing that people have in terms of like the value they put into their self-care because I have so many people that are like I cannot believe how much you pay for your maintenance but I'm like that's important to me and like that's what I value and right. so like you may not that may not be your thing but like that's my thing and it's not to say like oh you're like putting too much money into it I'm like no this these are my hands this is the hair that's coming out of my head like this is my yeah. skin this isn't just like Oh, I'm I'm wilding and I, I'm getting thousand dollar t-shirts. It's like no, like th mm -hmm. this is my body, and I but feel like people that gags me when it's like the thousand dollar t-shirts, but the nails same look crazy. Same, I don't get it. And people, why do your I, nails look like platypus? And you got this twelve hundred dollar shirt on. Listen, <laughs> I tell the girls, I tell all the girls, I literally have an Excel document. And the permanent things that are in that Excel document are my electric bill, my rent, my nails, my lashes, my eyebrows, because that's a non-negotiable. All the other shit, we'll figure it out. No, it's so real though. But the nail thing is interesting to me because you are talking about it in a, in a, in a way of like really taking care of your nail health. And like, 
for me, my hair, that's my thing with my hair. Like, I really take care of my hair health. Shade will, like, dye it, do all kind of random stuff. She's like, whatever, it's going to grow back. And, like, that's how I treat my nails. I'm like, whatever, throw the acrylics on it. I'll peel it off. It'll yeah, come back. Like, I've been, like, elevated that. Sometimes they won't come around back. my nails. Sometimes they won't come back. Sometimes they won't come back. And I wanted, to, I wanted to just bring up this point, too, because we see that there are, like, health disparities with women of color, you know, with everything, whether it be stress levels, um, giving birth, there's so many disparities. Um, and I think the health of your nails, people underestimate the, where that could go wrong. You know, I know someone who went to a quote unquote chop shop and left with hepatitis because <sighs> the uh, materials weren't clean or whatever, you know, like the, this is real thing. Like art for arson. What'd you the say? Case, I said the case I would have caught for arson. Yeah. It's like all gotta go. It's all gotta go. Well, yeah. one thing I want to point out is that people don't know that your nails are a huge indicator of your physical of your health. health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, and you know, as a nail technician in America, we're not allowed to diagnose you with an illness, but we can if you have a partnership with somebody and we're monitoring your nails every month, every few weeks, we can tell when there's changes in you. I've been able to notice when so there's one situation where um, a client of mine, um, she had anemia, iron deficiency, and she stopped taking her iron supplements. And all of a sudden she ended up having oncolysis, which is her nail lifting off of her nail plate. And it was wild because usually you receive damage at the free edge where you cut the nail at the end of the nail, but her nail was lifting up at the cuticle area. So huge chunks of it were coming off. Mind you, I'm super delicate. I know this is not me. And after consulting with my mentor, she's like, oh, I've seen this before. Ask her if she's um, um, iron deficient. And she's like, yeah, I recently was really stressed and I stopped taking care of myself. I stopped taking it. And so this was a huge indicator that she was not taking care of her body, that she was missing something. Mm. And you know, by being educated and having resources and other people that have experienced things around me, we've been able to direct her back to her doctor and make sure that she's on the right thing. And that's, that's another benefit of being with somebody consistently, being with someone who is knowledgeable, being with someone who truly cares about nail health and is not just like, let me just get you in and out in 30 minutes and slap on this glitter and get you out the door. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what we really, I really want to focus on is like, Obviously, to be able to partner with someone or having a regular beauty service is a luxury, period, um, especially during this time. You know, we, we don't necessarily always have the money to do hair, nails, da, 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 da. So we have to be conscious of what is our priority. And once we align ourselves with that priority, if it happens to be nails, then you need to invest into that. You need to think about it as the same way as like you would you know, people think about what they put on their face, what they put in their hair. You have to be able to trust the people that you are paying for. And if you feel something, if that person's not making you feel comfortable, you know, there's a lot of times where people have come from chop shops and it's like, you have to rewire their whole mind. You have mm -hmm. to establish trust. People are literally shaking while you're nippering. And I'm like, I rub them and I'm like, baby, I got you. I'm not going to cut you. I don't want to hurt you as much as you don't want to be hurt. And, and I don't want they, your cuticles to bleed because I don't want my work to look crazy. Exactly. I don't want blood. I don't want nothing to do with no blood. So, you know, it's a, it's a process where you have to really like develop that trust. You have to 
also at the same time establish value in what you're doing mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and that's why i feel like i haven't thankfully had a lot of pushback about pricing if i put it out there and they see step by step everything that i'm doing then they they're like wow this i've never had this service i've never had this experience um and people don't question that so i think a lot of it you know to really elevate and bring um, attention and, you know, the desire to want to support black nail techs is one, we have to establish value, we have to establish good customer service. Um, There's a way to say, hey, you have to have a new client deposit, you have to be consistent about your appointment, you have to respect my time and let me know appropriately if you're going to cancel, if you no show, you're going to be responsible. There's ways to do all of that, which I think is a lot of the apprehension of why people don't want to support black nail techs or nail techs of color, because they don't they just want it fast and easy. But if you want it fast and easy, that's you get that type of service. You go right. to the, the corner store and you do that. But if you want really integrated service, then there's a level of commitment that you have to provide and I have to provide. So if I'm asking people to put a deposit, if I'm asking people to be on time, that means as me as a nail tech, I have to do the same thing. I can't just be running late every appointment and have people on the couch for 30 minutes either. So I think we, we all look at each other like this. What, what I give you as a, a tech is what you give me as a client. I know that you consistently care about me. I know that now with COVID, you're going to follow all the rules and you're going to, you know, not come in if you feel sick, things like that. We have to have that trust both ways. Yeah. And that's about being mutually accountable, you yeah. know, and yeah. respectful. You can say that and, and demand all that with being respectful. You know, Sade's come a couple times late to the appointment and I very politely check her like, hey, you know, you know the deal. You got to. I was about to say, time. I've and gotten she, in trouble. <laughs> And, and, and so I don't think I've been an asshole to her. I don't know. Like, you know, fuck you. Don't ever do this to me. Like you, you messing with my money. I never said shit like that, but I make sure she understands that this affects me and affects everybody behind her and affects whether I could eat a lunch or mm-hmm. take a walk outside for five minutes, you know? And I think when you, you make people, you know, obviously it's a business, but I'm a person. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm a physical person that needs to eat and have breaks and, you know, be taken care of. And when you take care of me, I can take care of you. Um, Or even when I was like inconsistent on appointments or like I may have gone to somebody in New York and you were like, I don't know what they did to your nails up in New York. You need to take pictures of them products. So I know what I'm getting when you come. I was like, damn, okay, this is not a joke. That's real though, because clients, I mean, I don't particularly like working over everybody else's work. But sometimes you do get clients where you're like, I have to saw this off. Like, what is this? What they put on mm-hmm. there? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Yeah. So wait, I have a question. Because, Seisha, you mentioned earlier that you go to your mentor. And Leanne, you said something so interesting about that there's like some kind of thing in our minds where we just assume that like Asian people do nails. Mm-hmm. So y'all growing up and like getting into this industry, what was it that you saw that made you realize that this is something that you could do um, as black women in, in nails? Um, my first manicure was by a black lady. Um, so that was something that, you know, my dad took me to the beauty school. I was very spoiled as a kid. 
um and took me to the beauty school like I got my hair done I got my nails done but I would I did like never forgot this moment because I was amazed that she was black and she was beautiful she had this really long hair she painted my nails pink she put little flowers on them would not it was like I was ecstatic about this thing didn't forget about it was a severe nail biter but also was a nail biter that painted my nubs because you weren't gonna <laughs> judge me because I liked I liked nail polish oh yeah no girl what get my nails crazy but still painted them um loved press-ons and all of that and you know in my mind granted I had to go to Asian nail techs but in my mind I was like oh black women do nails too like growing up in DMV there were there was this one her name's I think Kim Lee she was the second black nail tech that I came encounter with and she was like of course the first time I got my nails done by a black girl I was seven now, fast forward, I'm in high school and she's like one of the well best known nail techs in like the DMV area. So I think for me, it just was like, you know, wow, this is something I could do. I've always been like a very creative kid. The high school that I went to, they did have a trade school that was attached to the high school that you could get licensed um, as a part of your curriculum. My Caribbean parents were against that. <laughs> Um, I'm sure that they're like, oh, she should have just got licenses in high school now. Yeah, thank you. Um, but, you know, for me, that was something that I was like, oh, okay, well, Black women do nails too. It's not just Asian women. Like, I knew that Latino women did nails. It wasn't like, oh, I'm just going to go to the Asians. I think it was more of they just had more property. They were able to monopolize on property a lot quicker. So me being able to find a black nail tech in what 1999 to 2001 no i like where 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 was i gonna find her like right. even in dc i was in montgomery county which wasn't that far from dc but even then i still wasn't able to find them you know what i mean and the only reason why i knew about kim lee was because my hairdresser was doing a show, photo shoot and she did everybody's nails so and i think that's her name um so for me i think it wasn't about like, oh, just Asian women do nails. I think it was just like, oh, everybody can do nails. And then after moving to New York, then being on set, because I started out as a stylist assistant, being on set and then meeting Bernadette Thompson and then realizing that she was a major influential point to everything that I loved growing up in the 90s. Like every single nail color, all the things, it was her. Um, and then at that point, it's like, oh, well, you know, my best friend at that point knew, I kept being like, oh, I want to go to nail school. I want to go to nail school. She was like, girl, go, I guess. Do what you want to do. But, it, and then after realizing styling wasn't for me, it was like, oh, I'm going to just do this. And that door just kept opening and opening and opening and opening. And it's like, wow, there's so many black girls that do nails. I have to make sure that my shit is correct. Fast forward to a, an Asian nail salon. Yeah, I got to be better than all of y'all in here. Every yeah. single one of y'all. Really? I need to slay everything better than you. I need to at least paint as good as you do, foundation as good as you do, if not better. And that has been like very key motivation for me. Also the idea of making it known that black women do nails and they can run a very successful business. You know, I work under Jen Soon and she is a really major focus as to how to keep the gate and successfully grow your business because keeping the gate is important. I love that. Amazing. 
Um, well, my story, um, I was actually a patron of the nail salon that I started working in. Um, during this time, I had seen some like amazing nail art and I kept seeing amazing nail art in San Francisco and it was always tied to this salon called Sparkle. Um, but at the time, all four nail artists were already fully booked and nobody, they weren't taking any new clients. So I just followed everybody and just kept, you know, drooling over everything I saw until finally I saw um, that my mentor, SF Noma, was accepting new clients. So I just was like, immediately, sent her the email, you know, let me get on board. And literally from that first appointment, I was hooked. Like, and it wasn't just about like she was an incredible nail artist who did just about anything under the sun you could imagine nails. But it was more so just her energy and our connection. And we literally became fast friends after that. And I think I booked her out six months, you know, booked appointment for six months out from the first one because I was like, I don't ever want to be without you. And it just you know, I love when clients get like that. <laughs> For real. It's like, you're, we're married now. Like you'll be there when I have my first baby, you'll be there at the wedding. You'll be painting my nails at my funeral. If you, if you know, I go before you, it's literally like that deep when you feel it and you know it, you just, we're, we we're, had the conversation. I already you know, told you, you wherever you at. I mean, like every month I, I could afford her once a month. I budgeted it. I told my job, this is a reoccurring appointment every third Thursday I'm leaving at two o'clock hour early cover the shift and it was just like this is it that saved my life because at that time I was going through some really really heavy thing and this was like the only little darkness the light in the darkness um it kept me sane um and she was just so compassionate and at the time I had had an airbrush business so I've always kind of endeavored around fashion beauty and art it's always kind of been something I've circled around and my goal has always been to be self-employed and to do something creative. And she's like, you know, just sign up and I'm, I'm here with you every way, every step of the way. And um, she literally just gave me like the permission to believe that I could do this. And, you know, when I went to school, she like, well, and she really supported me. And by having that mentor, it really, really helped me excel so quickly because I had someone to immediately feed off. And I don't know about your experience in beauty school, but mine was pretty terrible. I don't, I didn't learn really anything from beauty school. I do not have nothing to do really with what I trained, but what I learned yeah from other people and from mentors and being around other artists and um them being generous with their information so, yeah, yeah. so about two years after i started going to sparkle as a client i became um their newest nail technician there and i was really grateful for that because you know, yeah it was it was like the well most well sat out nail salon there and then i became the new girl I, and you learn as you go every nail appointment you're growing you're learning you're taking notes you're figuring out your style and what you like to do um and it also forced me because i didn't want to be the the shitty nail yeah. artist at sparkles yeah. so i made sure to continue that to elevate and learn excellence it will drive excellent exactly. in a different way like i i get you babe because working so for me in nail school, it was like, okay, it was, you got the basics, like right. everybody was trying to do the absolute most in nail school. And I was like, I know that what I want to learn, I'm not going to learn in here. Mm -hmm. um, and it, you know, even after nail school, I didn't want to be in a salon. 
because I didn't want the cattiness and I knew what was coming. Um, but that was inevitable and I had to fast track it. And I, I mean, to get to the point to work for myself, I know a lot of girls have to go through a lot of different salons, but I've only had to work in three. And it was the last one that really drived up the ante, right? Like if all the girls around me are super, super excellent, their foundation is great, their art is smooth, how I can't be the one who's in the salon not getting the same type of money. Exactly. Like I need that bread. And I just want to say this too. I think, you know, a lot of reason why we struggle to um, advance black nail techs in the industry is because maybe we, we don't see each other as allies as a whole industry and maybe we see each other as competition so mm -hmm. instead we we hoard you know people will go on your post and be like oh what nail polish is that or what product do they use and people don't want to answer they want to ignore questions and let me say this it takes a lot of energy to be an educator in any industry you know not everybody is built for that but you know and, and a certain level, you can't really just give everybody everything because sometimes people take advantage of that. I've given people tips, you know, broke down shit, and then they don't even say thank you for my time, for my energy. And that also, you know, doesn't make you want to share. However, I always take it back to this. Like, if I want people to value my industry enough to, you know, to make sure the nail artist in a Vogue editorial gets shouted out, as the same as a makeup artist or the same as the stylist, then I need to make sure that my industry is valued. By mm -hmm. doing that, I need to make sure that everybody's on the same level. Mm -hmm. So if we, if we, and I'm not saying like, not everybody can afford a hundred dollar manicure. However, if you want a hundred dollar manicure, you can't expect it for $40. So like we have to establish value there as well. We have to establish that certain things cost certain money. If you're using certain products, it's going to cost more money. If you're doing extra cuticle work, that's more time. It's going to cost more money. So by helping another artist elevate and be able to offer a more diverse range of services or better products by even just simply sharing that, those things, I, I view it as helping an entire industry elevate. Um, I just wish more people would be like yes. that. Yeah. It like yeah, I'm, I'm makes happy the whole that you guys are here to like share your story, especially as women of color, because I was doing some research and saw that there was approximately nine billion dollars made in the U.S. just spent on nail services alone. So there's obviously yeah. money to be made. There is and, money. Yeah, and I'm and I want any listener who might be curious about this to understand that whether you're and I'm not calling out Asians but that's what I knew as nail techs whether you're Asian or not there is space for you in this business um so I definitely hope our listeners who are interested go ahead and follow you after this um before we wrap up I just want to quickly um ask you all how do you get your inspiration because I know for Leanne I'll go in there and be like I want this and Leanne's like mm, I have a better idea and it is a better idea <laughs> I was about to say because y'all are I have to say this, like y'all are artists, like people play all day when they think like, oh, I'm about to just finna go get a manicure. Da, da, da. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is an experience. This mm -hmm. is like Picasso on your goddamn hands. <laughs> and y'all need to get in line and just have your coin ready because the work you both do, it blows my mind. So go ahead. I just have to get on my soapbox on that one real quick. Thank you very much, Shade. I really appreciate that. Um, it took me a long time to really call myself an artist. Like I used to draw a lot as a kid. 
I was like in all the art classes, did all, but I never looked at myself as an artist. And it wasn't until I started to do nails. And then it was like, oh, all of this, these things that you did as a kid with drawing are just like now flashbacking, like do this. What if you do this? Let's play with this color. Um, so, for, and I realized that like, I got more comfortable with it when I realized that emotionally, I'm very tied to the art that I create. So if you bring something in to me that I'm like, okay, I'm not going to want to do it. Chelsea came in her first appointment. I want neon yellow nails. I see <laughs> nail beds. We're not doing neon yellow. <laughs> That's what we're doing. We're going to do a nice pink with a, a purple gradient. That's what we're going to do. It's going to be cute. Trust me. Got a lot Our of compliments. Face. And it was cute as hell. She was still like, okay, next time. And I was like, okay, sure, sure, yellow, okay, sure. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think, I think also if, if some nail techs who are as creative as me and have really looked at their business as like, you do have to take the space for your emotions with your art. You can't pump out three Bob Ross in a day. I'm not a machine. Like this Bob Ross press on set to even start it it took a week and a half. Cause I was like, oh, emotionally I can't do it. And then also in the back of my mind, I was like, it's gonna be bad. Like, yep. and then getting, I'm in on the phone in the middle of it, talking to my best friend, like, girl, the joint is pop pin. Like it's, Chelsea, you have been there when I'm like, I love the work that I'm doing and I'm hyping my own self up. Yeah. Nobody else is in the room hyping. I fucking I love like, that. Okay. When you're in your bag, I'm you're like, like yes, I'm yes. doing this shit. Best feeling. Yes. But it, to get to that point, it's a lot of emotional growth. Like working for yourself as a nail artist, nail tech, manicurist, or whatever, that's trials and tribulations. You gotta make sure you got your spot. If you're gonna work out of your house, make sure that's set up. Like what's gonna happen with that, your supplies, cause it's just you. And you have to take space for yourself to be like, as she said, like, yeah, I gotta take time to eat. I gotta take time to do this. You have to take time to take the space for yourself to be like, you're an artist. You need to take the space for your emotions to take the time to produce the things that you want to produce. You're not a machine. The girls that can produce art like machines, kudos to you. I like during quarantine to maybe smoke a slip and watch cartoons in the middle of the day while I'm doing press-ons. You know what I'm like? I don't want to feel like I have to be forced to do these type of things because I love this and I want to have the longevity to do it for years to come and build my business up the way I need to do it. I think that other artists do need to look at their business and especially if they're creating art like they are an artist and that they have to take the space to give their self time to be like, okay, well, I'm not inspired today. Yeah. Maybe I'll go to the museum tomorrow and be inspired or, you know, like you find things from everywhere, but I think the important part is taking the space to download and be like, am I okay? Or is this just going to be a week of solids? Right. Cause so, that, it could be a week of solid colors, honey. And sometimes a week of solid colors, I'm hyped about. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. How about you? Um, so for me, I've, I've literally always been an artist. I grew up with a really artsy mom who I just grew up watching her do so many different projects, like from mosaics to building a quilt to painting, you know, a picnic table she found in the trash in a Southwest mosaic. So like, I grew up always seeing her do creative things and she always fed that in me. So if I wanted to do pastels one week, she'd buy me the kit and the book and I'd get busy and get bored and then I'd be on to something. So I've always had creative things that inspired me and I've always 
love to dabble in all kinds of mediums. Um, as far as like the inspiration goes, I literally, inspiration is everywhere. I tell my clients that, you know, you can look at nature, you can look at fashion, you can look at other artists and whatever speaks to you, um, that's what we're going to do. So because I was on the other side as a client. And for me, like I said, it was therapeutic. Um, I treated my, my personal nails as like mini mood boards. So whatever that month, what I was feeling or what I was trying to accomplish or something that I wanted to look down and, and it bring me joy when I was going through a really hard time. Like that's how I, you know, picked my nail art. So I brought that into, you know, my business and tried to create the same feeling the same vibe that it's actually like we're manifesting it's a mini mood board on your 10 fingernails um and so yeah I really encourage people to bring me inspiration I think for me also coming from a, a fashion background and collaborating with other um creatives is really you know it's developed this thing of like interpreting people's visions you know so it makes me feel like I'm like mental exercising when I can take something and create it into a nails. Um, lately, if you look at my Instagram page, I really want to give credit to all the, you know, places that I find inspiration and, and show people that you can take anything and make it into nail art. Um, and also it's helping me showcase other people, other artists, other small businesses that are struggling. And I feel like that's for me, like, something that I can contribute. I don't have a lot of financial means to support people and buy their art, but I can draw attention and bring them people that could, you know, order a commission. So I think about it in so many deep ways of how I can support myself and support other people. Um, I will say like, there's this big thing in our industry about copying other people's work um, that it's like so, I want to hear your opinion on this. Okay, I have a very strong opinion that it's like so, I knew that was coming. <laughs> um, I, that it's like so like uh, frowned upon, and it's like you're not an artist because you can't create things off the top of your head. However, I will say, like 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 I said, I have been blessed to be under some of the most amazing nail artists in San Francisco, and when I first started, I did try to replicate a lot of their work and I always gave them credit. The first number one thing is to give credit, you know, where it's due. If you look at something and you're inspired by it, you need to acknowledge that that is not an original concept and that somebody else inspired it. But I will say it definitely helped me learn a lot about my tools, about my product, about what style of nail art by looking and trying to replicate things. And I would always try to flip it a little bit um, you know, as much as I can. But I, I will say there is a lot of value in looking at something and trying to dissect it in your mind and using it as a learning experience. Now, if you're going off and like selling other people's artwork as your own, I think that's a huge problem and should definitely not happen. But I will say it took me about two years to really truly develop what I feel like my style is and I don't think I have a defined style I don't think you look at my page and you're like she does one thing really well I really try to diversify it and just it for me it's like exercising my brain and my creativity um do it all <laughs> I try you know and and sometimes there's shit I don't like to do I don't do you know the baby boomer ombre that's not my thing I I don't do that um 
I don't remember do... I asked you to do the, the flames. You were like, we're not, uh, not today. And certain things you do, like she said, you do have to be in a mindset. Some days you're just not equipped to do, you know, character art on mm -hmm. that on that person that takes a lot of brain with it's on a nail it's curved there's so many elements to it um and i think you have to be as a nail tech you have to be honest with expectations some people are really trusting of you and those are the people you can experience experiment with and it you know it could come out however it on they'll still be happy but you can't do that with a new client you first met it's not a, the type of person to be experimenting and trying new shit that you don't know if you can do in the time allotted mm -hmm. um but like I said, back to copying or whatever, I think there's a very fine line about it, but I do think there is some value in trying to take other people's nail styles and try to play around with it and then try to create your own lane. I think a lot of people do that and have done that and don't realize they've done that. And now they're all big and famous and like they have a style and they realize that that style was somebody else's. And now they're over here talking hella shit about people who need to do the same thing to develop their own style. And I don't like that. I don't like people like monopolizing fucking nail art. You can't monopolize abstract nail art. You can't monopolize character nail art. I don't it's, know why I feel like she's talking about people I know, but go ahead. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I am, but. I'm pretty sure you are too, though. I'm pretty sure you are too. And you know, I just, I don't think that's a positive energy for our industry. I think that especially now where there's still people that haven't, we haven't been able to work for six months. We have no return date in sight. I have friends who have been in the business nine years who are majorly successful that are shutting down their salons right now. So then when people come for them, talking about you're doing what I'm doing, you released a cuticle bomb, I'm releasing a cuticle bomb. It came at the same time. Girl, wow, so the whole world is releasing a bomb. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> the and whole world is releasing a bomb. Literally wants to come for people. Like, what's the energy here? Like, we're trying to survive. We're trying to thrive an industry. And literally nail, I don't know if you, we, we really understand that, but they're making nail technicians as enemy number one. Like they are really trying to scapegoat us um, into being COVID, you know, COVID spreaders. And I'm California like, is wild on that. Super, super wild. It's really sad. I mean, there's a lot of really hard it's things we're going out. through. Still in, in lockdown. It That's cannot what I'm be because of the nail salons at this point. It cannot be. They um, want to you know, they want to make us out to be, and like, that's why we need to like worry about bigger shit. We need to worry about how the world views us. We need to make sure that people know that there are not only black nail techs and, and, you know, other um, ethnicities of nail techs, but there's a whole variety of people, whether or not you operate in a full salon, whether you operate in a private studio, yes. like we need to understand that there's so many different ways to get your nails done. And we can't just like, put everything on, you know, a corner, you know, Asian owned shop. That's only one way to do things. That's only one particular part of the industry. We have to open up the mindset that we're all here and we're all, you know, trying to do the best that we can and offer a service that means something to somebody. Um, I just want that to be the focus. I want us to all like, really I, I agree with that. I agree with what she's saying about like, the other nail tech situation, um, well, one, the camaraderie between uh, 
women of color that do nails, I don't think, especially black women, I, it like is really troubling to me. I'm in a couple Facebook groups that girls are putting gorilla glue on people's they're, like they're doing these crazy, crazy things. And, you know, like being in the group, if you try to say something, then people become defensive and this, that, and a third, but like directly to the thing where it's like, oh, I created this type of style or you stole my work. That's impossible. <laughs> that is impossible. You did not come up with this original idea. So that idea can be interpreted in any which way possible to create something for someone else. These Instagram stories where it's like, don't ask me where I got my products from, da, 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 you know, especially when it's like, oh, wow, you are a wild appropriator and you want to have this type of stance on the situation. Like, we really going to talk about it like this, but we're not going to talk about how you are just appropriating the entire Black beauty community. You know, that deters people from wanting to collide in community or even reaching out to say, hey, I have this product. It's not working for me. Can you help me figure that out? Right. You know, when you have this ego about your business, because I think that's the one thing that you definitely have to remove from running a business on your own, that ego that you have behind you that's in your battery pack will slowly deteriorate. Because if you don't think your first, first, first indicator of how you will make money and lose money is a word of mouth, continue to have these type of dynamics that you think you want to have with other nail techs. When your mm -hmm. clients get to those nail techs, they're going to talk about you because mm -hmm. it happens all they the time. Do. They do. They really do. People it happens all the time. Of the most wildly popular nail techs. And then I've had some of their clients come to me and they've just like told me some story i've had p clients come to me like put try to put a cup on the table i'm like oh my god can i put a cup on here like my last the last neck tail wouldn't let me put anything on the table and i'm oh like bruh like that's intense and I've so, had clients go ahead sorry no the ego thing like and and that does not just regarding nail tech to nail tech, like how you treat other nail techs, your ego and not understanding that your clients pay for your money and not respecting and value them as people and thinking you're above them. So you can ask them to be on time. You can ask them to leave a deposit, but you don't hold yourself accountable. Um, you have a bad attitude during, like I've had some really rough days and I'm a person. So I would tell my client, Hey, like I'm really struggling today. Um, you know, just Girl, be there with me. And I still get it done because my my number one priority is getting the job done and mm -hmm. doing the best. But like, just being authentic with people, just being accountable. Like, for would would I want to come sit with someone for two hours if they were a hot ass mess? No, I wouldn't. So like, I have to get myself together enough and be professional enough. And, and I think it really did benefit me from being on both sides because I knew exactly the type of customer service I wanted and expected and deserved. And so like, I always think about it from both sides. Like, yeah, okay, I'm struggling today. I'm running behind, you know, so now I'm either going to add extra time to the next person or I'm going to give them more nail art or make sure it's worth their time. Like I'm always you trying to make sure it's a whole day just to get whatever I'm able to provide, mm -hmm. you know? And, and I think, that's that's not an ego like i'm still fully booked i'm st i was still booked six uh, two months out fully you know i couldn't take new clients 
but that never made me be less of a honest person. That never made me feel yeah. like this shit yeah. couldn't go away at any moment. Or like it you have to hoard resources like or something. Respect another person, or you know, not give them the 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 thing that I they're paying the for. Is, yeah, I think, penny. I think that's like a real drawback, right? Like when you get to that point where it's like, oh, I'm book book. Clients are like, no, I'm gonna make my appointment now because I don't know what's gonna happen. That's not the time to put the ego in. Yes. That is it's, not the time to include the ego because those clients will lickety split move. It's the we, time to be even more aware of it. Of to make like, sure how do I accommodate them? If I'm That's running behind, yes. Like, do I have to ex just extend the whole day so everybody gets what they want to get because maybe this person was 15 minutes late in the morning? I don't like to say I'm not going to do something for a client. Right? right, like that makes me feel uncomfortable. If you come in and you're like, Leanne, I like this nail art, da, 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 da. I know if I have that relationship with you, I know you're gonna, if I take it up a level, you're gonna love that more. As a plain thing that you've brought in that we can just expand, you know what I mean? Right. So like and creating that type of vibe and relationship, there cannot be any room for ego. There also can't be any room for ego for with me, with other artists, because I want everybody that looks like me or close to looking like me to win. Yes. Yeah. I don't care if you, even if you are my Asian homegirls who do nails, I want you to win. I want you to be financially sound. So you don't have to be in this salon anymore. And yes. you can work for yourself. And I, I just want to mention, I think that that is so important that you're saying that there's room for everyone, right? Like there is, you can, it's you don't, you can still be booked out and your homegirl that's in, that does nails too can be booked out too. The, exactly. the industry is big. We just talked about how much money there is to be flow, made. Everybody can eat. flow is different. Somebody, mm -hmm. I, I like being behind the chair, but I also like being on set. So I want to flip those, you know, I want to flip that time. There are some girls who only want to stay behind the chair. It's room for everybody to make money. So if somebody comes to you and it says, hey, where did you get this airbrush machine? And you tell them, Oh, on the internet, who the fuck are you? <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Who wow. the fuck are you? Did you create airbrush? Right. And and people are like that though. And even to go on to your thing, like I went as far as before all COVID broke down, you know, to think about, well, like I can't even send my girls to get a basic removal down the street because I just don't trust people to do it properly. Right. Um, and that's a major thing. Sometimes I just can't squeeze people in. I don't have that. And, you know, things happen. They got to go somewhere else or someone has a photo shoot and they don't want them to have anything on their nails. So I'm like, man, this is a major problem. My thing is I wanted to start creating, you know, uh, workshops that I can go into a mom and pop shop and be like, this is how you do a basic removal with the e-file. This is how you do five things of nail art that can turn into so many different designs. That's genius. Really, am I making money by offering a full salon? Like I could charge major bucks to be able to do that for a That's salon. Good. People, but I'm also elevating it so that I can send my client down the street to get mm -hmm. a removal safely. And mm -hmm. that's how we need to think about it. There's ways that we can benefit um, as well as help other people. And mm -hmm. by having loyal clients, I mean, this is the number one thing that I think people need to, when they're reopening their businesses, like obviously some things are going to have to change as a nail tech, my number one focus would be client retention and loyalty because mm -hmm. these clients for six months, some of them have been consistently paying for appointments they have not received without paying without for asking, gift cards, press-ons, all of that. 
Exactly. I put out anything, any product, people are going to buy it, whether they want it or not, because they care about me and they know like who I am. And so that's why I say it takes so much energy to be hateful, to be ego driven, but like the benefits of being a kind hearted person to being an authentic person to be somebody that cares about other people is going to pay you forward 10 times more is going to establish you in an industry 10 times more than being the person that's like, hoarding information hoarding clients like you know i've had people like if i if i release press-ons here in california and you release press-ons there in new york and they may be somewhat similar and you sell out and i sell out what the fuck does that have to do it don't have with- shit to do everybody's good, good. yeah we both up. We're both you know up. what ladies yeah. i think that's a perfect note to segue into our final segment called black girl doing shit yeah. it's all about celebrating black women who are doing amazing things. And in doing that, we always wanna, we, we believe in like paying it forward. So like we have this platform, we, we wanna bring other black women on and put other black women on. So yeah. for that reason, we wanted to uh, deem you all our black girls doing shit of this episode. My goodness, that's a black girl doing shit. I think it's been beautiful to have both of you here as nail artists from two separate coasts to occupy the same space, to see you all relate on different on like different levels mm-hmm. um, in this industry. And you know what? I'm not on front. I'm having some second thoughts. I'm over here looking at my nails that I got done around the corner. And yeah, I'm like, mm, I could have taken an extra you know, step. They look nice. They look nice. They do look cute though. But I could have, you know, I could have taken an extra step. <laughs> for our Leanne, I got your booking open. I got your booking open in my safari. Do it now. Do it okay. now. For our <laughs> listeners, can you tell them where to find you? Um, whether it's on social or your websites. Um, I'm on Instagram at uh, she dot nails dot it. Um, I do have press-ons for sale. The link is in my bio, but it's she hyphen nails hyphen it dot site um where you can buy press-ons and stuff i am the bomb is finally coming out we are at like final stages of the bomb coming out we have trademarked the business we're in the final stages of trademarking the llc is there so we are moving in production so you can buy that too um but also like since this is a segment of black girls doing shit shout out to y'all yes yes thank you shout out to y'all Thank for inspiring you. these conversations in our community, for giving us a platform, for being authentic and real, and just amazing to see this grow and thrive. Really excited to be part of this. You made me a hand model. So can you please let the people know where to find you? Totally. So you can see Sade's beautiful last, this is literally the last set I did six months ago before COVID. Yeah. And the part about it is like, after doing this set with her I was like oh my god this is it like I really feel like me this is my style I'm in my moment I'm like I felt so authentic and a lot of times you know being around it's a great thing to have mentors but it's also like a lot of pressure to hold be up be up to that standard and I felt like this was my moment and it's sad that that was the last set I got to do because unfortunately I am still shut down here in San Francisco. Girl, that's okay, boo. You're going to get it together. It's going to come back. You're going to be pumping once again. These press outs are going to fly out. And whatever product you need to lean into, do that too. Thank you, sis. I appreciate you speaking life into that for me because it means a lot. I'm really 
it's been hard. Yeah, but, no, I get it. You can find me on Instagram at Heart and Soul Nails. It's H E A R T A N. And my website where I do have my press on nails that um, I do custom orders, I do pre made sets, I have cuticle oils. I'm also going to eventually be releasing a cuticle balm as well. Um, you can that at heart and soul. Soul is S O L, like sun in Spanish. Nails.square.site. Yay! Yes. And listen, y'all better get this cuticle oil because I wore some and my man was like, What is that? You smell mad good. I was like, <laughs> Thank you again, ladies, for your time. We really appreciate it. And again, thank you for, for you know, coming on our platform. And I'm sure that there's gonna be a young girl that's listening who didn't know that she could even be a nail tech um, or a nail artist. So I appreciate you all. Um, and we're gonna definitely have you back so we can talk even more. Um, so thank you and enjoy the rest of your day, ladies. Thank you, ladies. Goodbye. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com.